When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome into a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Two free agents shortstops still on the board. Do the Yankees have time to make up? Wait, I'm sorry. One of them went to the Minnesota Twins. Uh, but there's still another one. Trevor Story is also a, an MVP. Oh, he actually just went to the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. who have a shortstop already. So that's interesting. I actually thought if you had a top prospect shortstop, that was enough to stop you from signing a, a current established shortstop. Apparently, having an all-star shortstop is not even enough deterrent <laughs> to signing a shortstop. So that's my bad. That's I was actually totally wrong on that one. Uh, hand to the sky on that. Totally wrong. Uh, yeah, Correa to the Twins, story to the Red Sox, uh, Saturday and Sunday. The Correa deal is extremely weird. The Yankees helped the Twins do it. The Yankees could have done it. The Yankees could still get Carlos Correa next winter or at the trade deadline. Meanwhile, story to the Red Sox. Are you a believer in Trevor Story? What about a lot of us were believers in Trevor Story on a short-term deal. This ain't that. Would you have really been willing to make the same commitment the Red Sox just did? 
Plus, this morning, as if things couldn't get weirder in Yankee land, a judge has demanded that the Yankee letter be unsealed. Astros fans, we are here for you. We are ready. We can't wait to unseal this thing. Read it. See what it's got to say. It's been so long since I've read a great letter. So it would be wonderful to read a beautiful letter. For example, the Red Sox letter. That might be a fun one to unseal and read, too. We'll talk about all that. And then at the end, we reserve space for more screaming. Oswald Peraza's walk-up song is Jay Sean's Down, and he was nine years old when that song got released. Yankees are playing live baseball right now. Stuff is happening. Stuff could change throughout the podcast. Who knows? But in the meantime, if you listen to the whole show live on YouTube, 2 o'clock Eastern on Mondays and Thursdays, and you like what you hear, then you can go over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I know there's something called Pocket Casts. If that's something you use, we'll be there. Uh, the podcast is going to be in all those spaces. So if you like what you hear, drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question, maybe, in that review. Might liven up the broadcast. Might hear your question read on air. Might see your name read out in the chat. I know we got a lot of new subscribers last week along with the restart in the Major League Baseball season. Ain't it funny how things work that way when there's actually baseball? People show up. They want to hear you talk about baseball. Uh, and we hope to be live for some more trending events coming up in the near future. The season starts on April 7th. Until then, spring training baseball, which has actually begun. Again, we can get live updates through the course of this show. Davidson Tyone looks sharp. Thomas Garinante, you look sharp too. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, how are you vibing after the Yankees theoretically lost on the final two remaining shortstop targets this weekend? But both of them made us a little uncomfortable in different ways. Yeah. Uh, protesting by wearing my iron pigs hat for the day. Go pigs. Um, Go pigs. No. Could give a shit less about these deals. Uh, the only thing that's frustrating with the Correa one is that this is something that we've been talking, not us, everybody's been talking about for the last year, hey, sign one of these guys to a giant short-term AAV, AAV contract. No commitment. Give them the opportunity to hit free agency again the next year, cash out. Um, and they didn't do it with Correa, which I don't blame them because I don't think Carlos Correa is a New York fit. I, I, like I said, I did earlier in the offseason um, or during the year. I don't remember what it was because I was blacked out from Yankee shame for so long. Um, did lobby for him at one point and then came to my senses and was like, you know what? This isn't worth it. The, the, the headline, the second he fails, it's going to be a disaster. Gets off to a slow start, gets injured, whatever it's going to be. Um, and then you want to keep rivalries alive, man. I know part of it is, you know, stealing the best players from the teams that you hate. And that can be sometimes fun. But, you know, the, these modern day Red Sox and these modern day Astros, it's 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 a little bit different, at least for me at this point. So I wasn't that devastated with it. The more the thing I was more upset with is people thinking that the twins finesse the Yankees, which didn't happen, guys. There's it did to me that it did not happen. There's no way that the twins actively convinced the Yankees to take on money that they didn't want for a player they didn't want and then went around and signed one of the best shortstops in the game. And it's not like it matters anyway, guys, because the Twins are well far off from doing anything relevant, as we've seen over the last few years. Um, and if there is one silver lining here, it's that if the Yankees and Twins meet in the playoffs, it's pretty much a guaranteed win for the Yankees, and it's pretty much the first time they can eliminate Carlos Correa from the playoffs. Um, so that's the one cool thing about this entire scenario um, but I, that was the only thing that bothered me. The, the other, the, the other thing is like, um, what, how 
Boris clients keep signing with really bad teams that that bothers me more than anything because they clearly don't care about winning. And I don't really care if anybody wants to come on here, uh, come on here and rebut that Chris Bryant to the Rockies, which the Rockies are literally the worst team in the league. They've gotten rid of most of their good players. They, they, they kicked Nolan Arenado to the curb and willingly ate $50 million to do so. Um, Two of the top middle infielders signing with the Texas Rangers, the third worst team in MLB last year, and still many, many roster aspects to address before they even become anything relevant. Um, and then you have now Correa to the Twins, which is and the least bit of an abomination because he can opt out after the first two. Um, but clear ploy just to get more money, which is what Boris clients are usually all about, which is what Scott Boris is usually all about. Um, so that was really what got me mad. Um, and uh, it makes you think, like, how much pressure is now being placed on Anthony Volpe, which I don't think is fair at this point because you've passed on the short-term options, you pass on the long-term options, and that's great. But now you're signaling that this kid is going to be the franchise's next great cornerstone or shortstop after just 140 minor league games um, and one full season, which was last year, and it was a shade over 100 games. So um, not that I don't have faith in Anthony Volpe, but this is the Yankees kind of creating expectations that never really existed. Remember, Anthony Volpe is not Bryce Harper. Anthony Volpe is not Wander Franco. He's not Juan Soto, guys who were drafted or signed and came up with gigantic expectations. Volpe was a first round pick out of Jersey in 2019 um, viewed with five, five tool potential. And now he's the next guy. Now we've, we've expedited from, Oh, is this guy a bust because he didn't play in his first 34 professional games. Well, after being drafted to, Oh, this guy is going to be the Yankee shortstop for the next 12 years. Um, And he's going to do it arguably the best that anybody ever has. So those are pretty much my, frustrations here um we could talk about story in a minute but cray was the bigger news cray was clearly more of the yankee speed in terms of addressing the shortstop position without having to do anything crazy um but they did it with donaldson at third base instead and that was pretty much the trade-off because they swapped the 35 million which eventually be which eventually was the difference between donaldson's salary and geo and gary's going to minnesota so i don't know what do you think Well, it's not nice to say this, but there's clearly something wrong with Carlos Correa, right? Like, uh, of all the shortstops that you're power ranking, he is either the number one or two most deserving of a mega deal. Like, if you want to say that anyone's deserving of a mega deal, it's it's Correa or or Seager, right? Like, Javier Baez is is not on the same level as a player as those guys. Uh, the consistency is not there. Marcus Semyon aging, potentially a second baseman, great asset, somebody you want on your roster, but again, not going to get two hundred fifty, not going to get three hundred million dollars. Um, and, and Trevor Story, injury concerns, position change concerns. People are saying we might play you in center field. Like there are all sorts of reasons to expect he's not going to get two twenty, two thirty, two forty. And again, we will talk about him in a second. Trevor, stay in your corner. Um, we, we will get to you, but. Carlos Correa is like a $350 million shoe in. And the only reason to take a short-term deal like this is either his back is really messed up. And remember, he wasn't sending medicals to anybody unless they made an offer to him. 
he, he was his camp was refusing to send his medicals to anybody unless they were they submitted a concrete offer, which theoretically, like, I, I guess you could pull your offer back. But that's sort of locking you into at least a conversation. And then you get to see what's up with Carlos's back. And the other thing is Scott Boris signed him as a client midway through the lockout, not prior. So that means all offers made before the lockout did not benefit Scott Boris. Boris Core did not get any of the runoff there financially. And that's just as untrustworthy as Max Scherzer being the voice in the room saying like, wait, hold the line. Let's hold the Ford because Scott Boris wants the players to wait a little bit. See if they can squeeze a little more before they agree to a CBA. It's just as creepy for Carlos Correa to be like, I have reconsidered everything and I am taking a short-term deal with the spins wheel Minnesota twins. Like, Obviously, that offer wasn't on the table prior to Scott Boris becoming his agent. That offer doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense for someone like Carlos Correa. The Twins are probably two years away, and this is a three-year deal. So he's not locking himself into there for any time for the foreseeable future. Um, But it it makes next to no sense other than his back being a genuine concern that Correa wasn't able to get more guarantees than this. It's, It's... we made fun of Trevor Bauer for saying he invented short-term deals. He did not invent short-term deals, but this is a Trevor Bauer-esque contract where if Correa is great this year, he's not staying in Minnesota next year, and he's going to try to get money from the Yankees and money from the other teams that like to pay people. Xander Bogarts leaves. He's got an opt-out. Maybe Trevor Story stays at second. Correa goes to Boston. I, I don't know, but what I do know is that if he's good, He's triggering that opt-out. And if he's injured or terrible, enjoy your shortstop for another year, Minnesota Twins. Unless the Yankees want to overpay and trade for him, ask him to pick it up, and I don't even know what happened there. But he might be available at the deadline. He might be available at the end of 2022. Unless he hits 42 homers this year, wins the MVP in Minnesota, leads him to the seventh seed or the sixth seed. Uh, Minnesota pulls off a Frankie Montes trade or something. Um, You know, there's a path there, but... Unless he is a star or a superstar, he's not going to be tied to Minnesota beyond this year, which is why it's so jarring that he's not a New York Yankee because I didn't see them signing Correa. I didn't see them chasing Correa. I didn't see them paying $350 million for Correa. But buying Correa for one year? Yeah, I could have seen that, actually. That I could have definitely seen. Uh, They hate cheating. They won't let a cheating aster in the locker room, but they signed Marwin Gonzalez on Sunday, who's statistically the biggest beneficiary from the trash can bangs. Like, a lot of rules are sort of up for grabs here. We're, we're not settled on any of these hard and fast clubhouse rules. Yankees go and get Josh Donaldson, who their highest paid player hates. Like, I, I don't think we even need to be having the Carlos Correa conversation anymore. Um, no. But he could be a Yankee next year. He really could be. It's not conjecture to say that. He could be a Yankee midseason. All I said was he's not going to be a Yankee this year, and he's not. Um did not sign with the New York Yankees. But the fact that that deal is so small is so confusing. And everybody's saying the Twins finessed the Yankees. I w- d- did you want to keep Gary Sanchez? Did you need <laughs> to keep regressing Gio Rochella? That, that's what I don't understand either. The Yankees, I was talking to friends over the weekend. The Yankees are just going to get all ends of it, right? If the Yankees win the World Series, they bought a title. If the Yankees lose the World Series, they're embarrassing. The Yankees sign a free agent, they're trying to buy their team. If the Yankees lose a free agent, it's what are the Yankees doing? The Yankees pay uh, this. If the Yankees pay this Trevor Story deal, he's 29 years old, coming off a really bad elbow injury, might eventually need Tommy John. Peter Gavin says he might not even be able to play second base because of the angle of the elbow. If the Yankees give that guy six years, $140 million until he's 35, it's LOL Yankees all up and down the timeline. And it's ha ha ha, another injury prone guy. Are you kidding me? We heard you're going to be able to get him for two. You pay six. You guys fucking suck. 
Carl, and then he goes to the Red Sox, right? Trevor Story goes to the Red Sox, and it's like, oh, Yankees sleeping, Yankees finesse, like, oh, Yankees taking a nap. Like, it never stops. So Yankee fans just have to accept that whatever the outcome, you're going to get clowned on, right? You sign a guy for a lot of money with a lot of long-term security. It's this is embarrassing. What are you doing? You sign Josh Donaldson for two years, expensive hit to the salary, but almost no securities. It's a two-year commitment. And it's, oh, my God, I can't believe you spent on Josh Donaldson instead of the eight-year commitment guys. So there's no winning. You're, if you win the World Series, you're getting laughed at. If you lose the World Series, you're getting laughed at. If you sign free agents, it's a joke. If you don't sign free agents, it's a different kind of joke. So you just have to accept <laughs> that and move on. Uh, but, yeah, the Yankees got finessed because they gave up someone who was the number one problem with last year's roster. Did I hear that right? Like, you guys didn't want us to have Gary Sanchez. You, you said you couldn't win a World Series with Gary Sanchez. A 200-hitting catcher with 20 homers and bad defense. We give him away to the Twins and get Josh Donaldson, a star-caliber player, and now we got finessed? And a gold glove shortstop. Now we got finessed. I don't know. That's what I'm hearing from all of you. Uh, let's talk Trevor Story, though, because this was a, another interest Kings situation. People make fun of the Red Sox for being the interest Kings. The Yankees just got thrown into a million negotiations this year uh, because the agents wanted them to be involved. They were involved in the Freddie Freeman chase because John Heyman said they were. All of a sudden, it looks like the Red Sox are getting close with Story and the Giants are kind of there. And Friday, it looks like a deal might get done. And all of a sudden, Saturday, hey, the Yankees are thinking about it, thinking about jumping, in, jumping into that Story fray. Uh, Saturday afternoon, it's like, you know, there's a holdup here. The Red Sox want him to play second. He wants to be short. The Yankees could guarantee him a shortstop role, turn Isaiah kind of Falefa into a utility man. You know, oh, it looks like the Yankees actually in pole position here because they can give Story what he wants. I guess it all comes down to what he wants. And at that point, you know, if you're really gullible, you're thinking, is he looking for a two-year deal? Want to play shortstop for two years? College Correa just did it. So it's not that out of the question. Um, But, you know, ultimately you wake up on Sunday morning, he goes to the Red Sox like we all expected, playing second base like we probably didn't expect, ushering Bogarts out after the season, probably. And lo and behold, everybody's like, well, what's the cost? Like, if this is two or three years, I'm going to be, you know, dangling off the side of a bridge. You look at it, six years, $140 million. Yankees are not going to pay that. No. Trevor Story, who they liked at the deadline last year and whose cost was prohibitive and who's injured already. Yeah. And now you're, 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 you're giving up money for him and it's that kind of money in that number of years with, and I don't know if you noticed this, the Yankees don't have space in the infield. Yeah. They have Anthony Rizzo at first base. They have DJ LeMahieu not starting. Glaber Torres is playing second. Isaiah kiner Falef is playing short. Josh Donaldson's playing third. Oswaldo Cabrera is backing them all up. Now, someone's going to get hurt. LeMahieu will get reps. Everybody will play. But there's an MVP candidate on the bench right now. And you're telling me, why didn't they spend $140 million on Trevor's story? Can we please just get to the bottom of this? Also, Seiya Suzuki was supposed to be a Red Sox. He's not a Red Sox. It's a great fit in Boston. Didn't happen. He's in Chicago. Kyle Schwarber is supposed to be a Red Sox. That's a great fit in Boston. We've already seen it. Now he's in Philadelphia. The Red Sox go and add something they already had, get Trevor Story, get injured Trevor Story coming off his worst year with a 79 OPS plus on the road career. Now I know some of that is coming. People have talked about how it's the course field hangover, right? You're at home. You got this thin air. You go on the road. You're like, your body feels weird. Whatever. 79 is awful. That's a That's not a normal split. That's a terrible split. So... Is Trevor Story a legitimate star? That's up for debate. Is he someone you want to pay for six years? I don't think the Yankees can do that right now. I don't think any long-term deal was ever in the cards, unless it was Seager, who then you could eventually shift to third base, which I thought probably would have been the smartest move. Um, Or Marcus Simmons, who could go over to second base. Um, 
don't really know what the scenarios should have been, but anything beyond um, uh, a, a super short-term deal for a shortstop who was going to be entrenched at shortstop for the next however many years um, was probably the only thing they could have done. And then they didn't view that either as realistic or they didn't think the price would be worth it because it was going to obviously cost at least $30 million for one year. Um, and then you'd be messing around with the opt-outs. Um, and then that would maybe create logjam issues if maybe Volpe or Peraza were ready for 2023 or earlier than that. I don't know. Um, Trevor Story to Boston, six years, 140. What do I think about that? I think I don't give a shit about mm. the money because I don't give a shit about the money. Um, no. I do think it's funny, though, how Boston fans are already trying to rationalize spending the money by, oh, Heim Bloom just got a 30 million AAV player for 23 million AAV. He does it again. Uh, Trevor Story's not, didn't really play himself into a 30 million AAV contract unless it was a super short term one um, based on his contract year. Again, look. I don't do this. I don't make the rules, but you don't have a great, you don't have a great contract here. And you're aligned with guys like Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, um, Carlos Correa and Javi Baez. Who's, who's had a very long track record and a world series championship. Um, you're not going to get, you're not going to get the highest money and you're not going to, you're, you're not going to be among, you know, the most sought after. And then, yeah, you can throw in, you can throw in the splits argument and the splits are considerably different. Um, mm. at course field, 303 average, 972 OPS. Uh, what is T OPS plus? I always see this shit. Whatever. I, I, yeah, I think it has to do with the splits. Yeah. I, I'm not interested. Yeah, no. So you are right because it's 76, 76 on the road, 241 average, 752 OPS on the road. But then, then here, Red Sox fan, I'm, Red Sox fans, I'm throwing you a goddamn bone. He's going to what? The next most hitter friendly park in MLB at Fenway? Yeah. There's going to be at Fenway for 81 games, and then the splits are kind of not really going to matter. Um, I don't think that – I think as long as he has a home-friendly park to hit in, it's not going to be an issue. Um, and I think that, hey, Red Sox decided to get better by whatever means they thought were appropriate. which is Yes, a, they did. Which is a cool thing I would like to see the Yankees do, like talk to some people. Hey, you want to play second base? Hey, what about some center field? Don't know if they're doing that. Seems like they're they might not be doing that based on how these negotiations have have kind of progressed. Um, and then the other silver lining here for Yankees Red Sox rivalry is I think that this this signals that Xander Bogarts may not be back in 2023. That's what that because you're looking at the long term aspect of this six years, considerably decent amount of time. And you don't think that after Trevor Story saw the Correa deal, he wouldn't have been interested in a one-year 30-something. If Correa underperforms or get in, gets injured, Trevor Story owns the shortstop market next year. Um, I don't know. I'm just saying that based on Xander Bogarts' clear contract issue where he can opt out after this year and is going to, assuming that he has an okay season, um, this is the Red Sox insurance plan in some capacity because, hey, now you get a shortstop for – considerably less than Xander Bogarts, who's probably going to sign for closer to 30 million AAV, who has, you know, similar production, Trevor story, power hitter, steals bases, good defender. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot to be seen with the arm issue as well. Um, I'm not, I don't think this is a death knell for the Yankees in any capacity. I mean, fans are flipping out regardless, just because once again, Yankees rivals get better. Yankees get a little bit better or make a lateral move. Um, 
Oh, Nestor Cortez struck out Bryce Harper looking. You see that? Yep. Pretty cool shit. Um, cool. So, yeah, it just goes back to the narrative of, like, Yankees rivals willing to, you know, go the distance and give Trevor Story that $140 million, or stay late in the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes like Toronto did or um, or uh, trade for, you know, give a pro- prohibitive trade package for a guy like Matt Chapman who you don't exactly need, but you know that you're going to be getting that much better and um, create that that many more problems for your direct competition. So that's where the frustration lies. And look, I uh, I don't the reason that this is an inflammatory discussion and it'll always go back to this is because of the Yankees decision to acquire Giancarlo Stanton. And I don't think I I like Giancarlo Stanton after what he's done in 2018 and how he rebounded and was the team's sole source of offense in 20 in the 2020 playoffs. And then did what he did the second half of the year to get us to the playoffs because it was solely him and judge doing that. Um, The Yankees just didn't need him back in 2017 before the, before the 2018 season, they didn't need a $325 million contract. That was just a power bat and had a lot of injury liabilities and question marks on defense. So you can keep looking, you can keep calling the Yankees cheap, which they're, they're, they're not, they're just being as conservative as possible in the bracket of uh, wealth that they're in. Um, But it, it is always going to come back to the Giancarlo Stanton trade which is a $325 million contract. And then obviously the Yankees having to outbid themselves by $80 million to convince Garrett Cole to come to New York. Um, so that's it guys. That's why the moves aren't co- the, the, the moves that you're expecting aren't coming. Um, and that's why we have unfair expectations placed on Anthony Volpe now. Um, and man, I just hope they pan out because I don't want this kid having to deal with the pressure that some of these other people have to deal with. No, but don't take it out on Anthony Volpe. Like people are already doing that on on Twitter. People are the worst. Yep. Like, yeah, it's Volpe's it's Volpe's decision that he absolutely broke out last year. Now the Yankees are planning their future around him. Like all he did was hit and run and field, and, and he looks great. I I hope he's the Yankee shortstop of the future. If not, I hope he's their second baseman of the future. But it's not his fault he popped off last year. And it's not his fault the Yankees are always looking for inefficiencies. And they're like, oh my god, we have shortstop prospects now. Oh, thank God, because we actually thought we were going to have to spend on a shortstop this offseason. Now we don't have to do that at all. Oh, my God. Phew. Phew. I was really freaking out. We had, we had to spend some capital. Now I know that we don't because we have these guys. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call C-Bus C-Town, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in C-Bus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to O-H-I-O, where Pepsi and life are oh-so-refreshing. So Anthony Volpe has his unbelievable season. He rockets up prospect charts, right? He's eighth overall on MLB pipeline. Now the Red Sox draft Marcello Meyer. He's 14th. He hasn't done shit. Guy hasn't played a minute of minor league baseball. He's the 14th ranked prospect in all minor league baseball. But you know what? They look at their depth chart and they go, we got Meyer coming up top 20 prospect in the game. All right, whatever. We're going to sign Trevor story anyway. Who cares? Uh, You know, maybe Bogart's leaves. story goes to shore. Meyer goes to second. Like things do work themselves out. So for the Yankees to look at this market and be like, we're set because we have Volpe and Isaiah Connor falefa it's embarrassing in its own right, sure. But you look at these contracts one at a time, and you can sort of envision why they didn't do each one. I agree with you. I think Seager would have been the best decision, best fit for the stadium, best possible position change, 
easiest conversation to have with a high-profile free agent. It, but they did prioritize defense this offseason. They prioritized athleticism, and they got it at short, and they maintained it at third. And if you believe the metrics, they got better there. They definitely got better defensively behind the plate. They got Aaron Hicks back. They got a full season of Joey Gallo. They got Anthony Rizzo. You got gold glove potential all over the diamond. Brett Garner's coming back, probably. Um, <laughs> we don't know that. We're not breaking news. He just is coming back. Um, so that's what the Yankees prioritize. They prioritize good field, gold glove, depth collecting and there's people at the minor league level behind all of these places you may disagree with their decision i do i would assign Corey seager but you can't deny that was the consistent position up and down the red sox position was this might f with the chemistry a little bit Mm. like we sure trevor story wants to play second base we sure Xander Bogarts wants to look over at this guy every time he turns a double play and go, there's my replacement for next year. We sure Marcelo Meyer wants to play a random different position and is coming up now knowing there's a six-year commitment ahead of him at second base and a captain at shortstop and Rafael Devers at third. Like That's probably pretty unpleasant for him. But the Red Sox decided they don't care, and the Yankees really decided they care about making Anthony Volpe's rise to the bigs as comfortable as possible. It is what it is. Um, again, I disagree and that disagreement has nothing to do with how I assess Anthony Volpe. I think he's a great player. I disagree with what the Yankees did. I also disagree with the idea they got outworked and outmaneuvered this weekend. And there's a lot of nuance here. I see what their plan is. I would have done things differently, mm-hmm. but I wasn't put in charge of that. I was given a different job, the job of podcaster. Uh, nobody told me to build the Yankees this offseason, so I didn't. I forgot to do it, and I'm sorry. Uh, but, you know, you you can see at least what they're doing. Now, Let's throw it back to 2017, I guess. We have to. Or actually 2015, because for all of those Astros fans who have never shut up about how there is an uns- there is a sealed Yankees letter that details their sign-stealing allegations sent from MLB to the Yankees' front office and how the Yankees are basically on par with the Astros and we'll never know because this letter is sealed and, oh, God, we got to open this letter. <laughs> Even though we've never opened the Red Sox letter and we've never opened the Astros letter, we have to open this Yankees letter because it's really important that the users of DraftKings get a fair shake. I can't sleep at night knowing that the users of DraftKings may have potentially been affected by the sign stealing scandal from 2015 to 2019. It, it shakes me to my core. It really, it hurts me uh, deep in here to know that uh, DraftKings users are liable uh, to those wild swings of the market. Uh, apparently, DraftKings is supposed to be a no risk proposition. Right? You, it's, yeah. Everything's catered to you. Um, so because of this lawsuit, uh, this Yankees letter has been up for grabs. Everybody says uh, different things about it. Randy Levine says if it's ever unsealed, it's going to cause great reputational harm. Now, I think that's just because he didn't want anyone to read this private shit, but who knows? Uh, the judge who originally said they should recommend the unsealing of the letter said there's no, there's nothing in here. Like It's all stuff that people are already familiar with, so why is it sealed? Good point, and I hope that's true. Uh, today, U.S. Uh, Court of Appeals judge said, yes, we got to unseal that letter. It's going to happen in the next two weeks or so. Randy Levine tried to fight it. Didn't work, which uh, I don't know how confident that makes you that he's going to get the vaccine mandate repealed all by his yeah, get the Scott, get him, Stop making him do important shit. Put Randy in a box. Don't let Randy into the public square. Uh, but Randy did not do his job here. The letter's going to get unsealed. I'm happy it's getting unsealed. I don't care. It apparently details 2015 allegations which may have something to do with Carlos Beltran, which may be Apple Watch stuff that we already know about. The 2015 Yankees, I'll say it here. I'll look right into the camera. 
I'm really sorry for what the 2015 Yankees did. I, uh, I'm willing to vacate their wild card game loss to the Houston Astros. <laughs> I am totally willing to do that. If you want me to do that, it's like it never happened. Boom. I, I barely even remember it. Um, but, you know, I hope we learn some more information here. And then I hope maybe the same judge who recommends we unseal this letter is like, wait, is there a sealed up Red Sox letter? Can we open that one too? What the, what the fuck's that doing here? Yeah. I, once again, I don't care about this. Once again, we're, we're what? Two and over two years now removed from this. Um, I don't know why we're opening the can of worms again and not just because it's for the Yankees. Honestly, if they wanted to unseal every letter, I would just be like, why? What's what is the point? There is no point. We're past this. The Astros were investigated. MLB revealed the findings of their investigation, which were, I think, as damning as it's going to get. Call me crazy. I don't know how much worse it can get than actively cheating and disobeying unless there was some other crazy scandal within the organization. I mean, that same year it was, uh, or leading up to that too, was the Ozuna stuff, the Roberto Ozuna stuff um, with the assistant GM. So like the Astros were outed for just about every bad thing that you could possibly do in a span of two to three years. So I don't know what else in these letters can be, can cause greater reputational harm as, as Randy Levine was saying. Um, and MLB decided not to punish anybody really in charge of what was going on. Well, Alex Polk Cora got banned for life. Oh, no, yeah. wait, he actually didn't. He got there for a couple of weeks and yeah. now he's a Red Sox manager again. Sorry, they, they did actually punish people, but it was the most, it was the most minimal punishment of all time. The, the, the title was not vacated, which I think would have been an extreme penalty, but still on the table, still legitimate for compromising the integrity of the game. Um, and no players got in trouble. It was just the GM who, okay, cool, whatever. AJ Hinch, 60 game vacation back with the Tigers, Alex Cora, 60 game vacation in Puerto Rico, back with the Red Sox. Um, still skirting around those questions to this day. Um, though the teams who, and then the Red Sox, you have the next year who were implicated in doing something. We don't know the greater details of that either. Be nice to know the details of that. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, to just to open this back up and create another distracting discussion. Baseball just came back after a three-month labor dispute. It was not fun. It was very discouraging. Um, it, it turned, I can guarantee you, it turned a, a sect of fans away that maybe the sport doesn't get back. Um, it didn't grow over that time. Didn't get any younger fans attracted to what was going on because there was nothing going on for three months. Um, and that's valuable time lost for recruiting or anything of that nature when you're trying to uh, build your audience. Um, so now we're bringing back a, a sore subject. It's a sore subject, cheating in the sport. Um, we haven't seen the likes of the, of a, a scandal of this magnitude since the steroid era. Um, I don't know why you want to revisit this, um, especially with a team who apparently cheated. The Yankees apparently cheated and then didn't succeed. Um, hmm. Yeah, I guess that they were held accountable for cheating, but – there were two teams who wildly succeeded with the cheating. That was very clear um, in the Astros and the Red Sox. So I don't know why um, why that's not a bigger talking point. Um, once again, I don't. I just don't care. Teams are looking for the competitive edge. Um, what the Yankees did up until that point, I guess I can confidently believe that they didn't outright disobey MLB like the Astros did, which is why this investigation. Um, concerning them made it as public as it did and was a direct investigation from Major League Baseball. 
um, because Major League Baseball had a stake in it. They said, please stop doing this. We don't want you to do this. This is illegal. And then the Astros are like, great. Okay, we'll keep doing this. And then we will win a World Series and do it again. Um, So, I mean, hey, if the Yankees kept doing it and didn't succeed, then okay, then they should be. They should be held accountable. They should, it's long story short, every every team who cheated after that this was made a full on provision in whatever document MLB declared official should be held accountable. Um, but now that this is over and somebody was held accountable to the highest extent and not really punished for it outside of a managerial dismissal, um, a, a former uh, player that had his managerial job. Um, taken away from him and a former bench coach who got a, a, a three-month vacation. Um, this is just worthless and meaningless, and it's just going to create a conversation that is going to further negatively impact the discourse around the game. Um, and that's that's all I got to say about it. It's stupid, and I don't know why we're doing this again, but here we are. Show me the letter. Well, I really hope that the letter reveals a rampant cheating, uh, you know, untethered uh, in the mastermind house Steinbrenner just absolutely demanding cheating, like all corners of the stadium. The Kiko Mon soy sauce sign in the outfield is full of cameras. Like, uh, and maybe even how Mason was, lying, was relaying the signs. Yeah, there's a there are moving eyeballs inside the WB <laughs> Mason guy. It's just somebody looking at, like they used to do at Fenway and probably still do. Um, yeah, I mean, if Hal Steinbrenner is the guy, it would be great if Hal Steinbrenner could be the guy. Brian Cashman wants to be the guy. That would be great, too. Um, I had very little patience this week for the discourse. I'm going to be honest. The discourse bummed me out. The cheating stuff, very boring. Uh, We're going to have to read this. We're going to have to sit and read this letter and and not read a Red Sox letter. The uh, Hal Steinbrenner's too cheap sell the team stuff this weekend when he took on the Josh Donaldson money. Say what you will about that contract. That's a Brian Cashman decision. Hal Steinbrenner didn't say you can trade Gary Sanchez for Josh Donaldson. (laughs) So Hal Steinbrenner just doled out a lot of short-term money to to a guy who you may or may not want on the roster. But the reason he's here is Brian Cashman Um, and Aaron Boone. You know, he wasn't the manager in 2015, but again, maybe he was running the cheating scheme from the booth. Maybe they decide, you know, that's enough for Boone. We just get to clear out the whole upper echelon of the Yankee system all in one fell swoop. Yankee fans sitting here doing the like, Oh no! Oh, please don't find Hal Steinbrenner guilty. Oh God! What if you uh, don't dig too deep? That's not a rabbit hole you want to go down, friend. You might find Brian Cashman stuff that's too unsavory for public consumption. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that to get out there. Uh, yeah, don't look at Aaron Boone's locker. Maybe you find some Androstein Dione start going down the steroid uh, hole too. I, I don't know. I, I'm. I can't believe. I can't believe. I can't believe we're doing a podcast talking about unsealing the Yankee letter. It, baseball gets unlocked for ten days, and the Yankee letter is back. Is that a joke? Is that? I mean, is that really what we're doing today? Um, anything else to scream about? Where are we at? We want to excoriate the dude who blew the three-run lead to the Tigers in Sunday's spring training game. Uh, do we want to get really pumped about Oswaldo Cabrera? Because I'm pretty pumped about him. He he hit a rocket in a uh, Sunday's game for a grand slam to the porch. Um, if he's going to be a porch guy, if he knows how to swagger his way to the short porch, that would be great. It's now four to nothing. New York Yankees. Michael King is in the game. Philip Evans knocked in the run. So that's nothing you need to care about at all. Um, <laughs> good for Philip. Um, Michael King walked the first battery faced, not shocking. Very typical for Michael King. Um, Didi made an out. He looked bad in his first at bat Two pitch out this time. Didn't look good here either. Anything else you would like to speak on? Uh, Anthony Volpe, 
getting the numbers, getting the Derek Jeter number 70 in his first big league camp and then taking the field the other day in number 14 and getting to do a three-way pick with Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton posted on Judge's Instagram. Everything coming up Volpe, um, that's that's the other standout narrative to me. We obviously talked about the pressure earlier in the podcast, but hey, that's another level, man. All eyes are on him so far this spring. What if he what if he makes the roster? What if he makes the roster? What if he makes why, the roster? why are you trying so hard to keep him away from the roster? Yeah. And Peraza. That's yeah. I mean, look, our boy IKF looks great. Yeah. Like really great. And like he's doing a Justin Turner kick now. And if he's gonna do that and it's gonna work for him and the power's gonna increase, the exit velocity is gonna increase, then yeah. I'm all for it. Two years of that, no problem. He wants to go to a utility role next year, okay. Um, but yeah, why? If, if you love these shortstops so much, why don't you marry him? <laughs> I like IKF, man. I think it's a great. I thought I thought it was smart. We were talking about it throughout the off season about how his versatility is good, his uh, his ability to hit for contact is good, and he can obviously steal bases. All characteristics that the Yankees were lacking. Um, and they don't, they didn't need, they didn't need a Carlos Correa at shortstop. They just needed someone who wouldn't bobble routine ground balls in the eighth inning with a runner on first, and then allow for the go ahead home run to fly into the stands off the bat of Francisco Lindor. So, uh, as long as you're playing capable defense and bringing another element to the game that this lineup of largely bashers has been doing, you subtract the Gary Sanchez, who was three true outcome, two true outcome, one true outcome player. One true outcome. Um, and then you add in a guy who will save you runs and will put pressure on the defense. Um, I, I think it's smart. I also am not opposed to one of these prospects making the major league roster, getting some time in here and there, and then, you know, getting getting thrown into the fire early on. If they love them that much, if they think that they're part of the future plans, I don't understand why they wouldn't be ready for – major league action at least when uh after the trade deadline you know Volpe say he starts the season at double a is that where he should start he should probably start at double a right mm-hmm. I mean I he, think just, so. he just dominated high a um starts at double a what if he's tearing it up the first two months what do you do expedite him to triple a for C. but then like what's the positivity there he, sl- he slows down at triple a and then you got to be like oh man he didn't progress linearly as we expected at AAA, so now his arrival at the major league roster is delayed. No, just fucking bring him up to the big leagues if you think he's that if you think he's that good. And if you're seeing signs of positive um of a positive trajectory as opposed to judging players based on how how they performed here and how they performed there. Yes, in some cases that is indicative of how somebody's gonna succeed, but I'm not a scout. I can assume the Yankees have smart scouts, I think. Major League Baseball teams should have smart scouts knowing guys' uh, abilities to perform at the highest level possible. Um, And based on how they're treating Anthony Volpe internally, based on how they're not addressing these positions in a long-term fashion, even second base, like people thought Glaber might have been traded for a pitcher, let DJ Mm -hmm. start at second, but then like DJ's position at second is not set in stone. They could get another guy to play in there and then keep DJ as the roving utility player, whatever, whatever, they've been doing or when now whatever they're forced to do because Glaber has to move back to second, but um, trading Glaber isn't the smartest idea. He's a young asset and he's at the lowest he's ever been. And you're not going to get that great of a pitcher for him. Um, so 
complicated situation, but in the end, if you have good players, you have good prospects, bring them up. Everyone's going to get playing time. The Yankees always figure out a way to get the bench players playing time. Brett Gardner, 140 games a year, plenty of other instances. It's always going to happen. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to need time off. Um, My vote is that if they're ready, let it fly, figure out some trades at the deadline where you're going to address elsewhere. Um, Because I'll tell you what, another thing I do want to yell about, if they get ripped off from Manaya or Montas, I'm going to be pissed Mm -hmm. because those guys are not what the, I mean, they're, they're good to have. I'll take them tomorrow, but I do not. If that's where you're going to be like, okay, yes, now let's totally overpay for, you know, let's bring in the guy. Let's bring in Sean Manaya. No, that's not the guy. The guy is Luis mm-hmm. Castillo or the guy is, um, I don't know who else, who else would you, who else would you trade? Very for? few people still here. Exactly. Uh, Zach Gallen. Like there's not a lot of maybe. guys out John there. means if you could maybe injured Jack Flaherty. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, there, there's not enough there for both of them. Montas coming off a PED suspension. Don't what? You're going to you're going to send assets upon assets there with that uncertainty. So just here, do this. Measure them correctly. Take a risk on the prospects. Let them play. Don't get ripped off in trades. Get another pitcher somehow. Be normal. Be normal. great, guys. <laughs> be normal. Yeah. Don't 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 say a rotation's finished, but don't go crazy. Like yes. I, I'm not going to be losing my mind. It's funny. Everybody has them in on Frankie and in on Sean Mania, but that, that everybody's had them in on everybody all year. So it's just, yeah. it, it feels like a matter of like, all right, so who are they going to get after they don't get those guys? Um, they, they, I, one more rotation piece. That's all I ask. Because yeah. Domingo Herman's not the guy. He's out for 60 days. He's apparently feeling well, but he's starting his throwing program late because of the shoulder impingement. So whatever the hell. Um, he, he shouldn't have been the last line of defense anyway, but Davey Garcia, Clark Schmidt, Michael King. After that, I'd rather have Michael King in the bullpen. I, I, you could use Davey. You could use Clark. Maybe one of them breaks out. But one more guy. You, you don't have to surrender all the top of your farm system for him, but one more guy. That's it. Uh, that is it for this live edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your damn podcasts. Drop us those five-star reviews along with a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it. We will always be here Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern. Until the season begins, we might have to change things. We will see. Breaking news will be here, too. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinerb. You can find me on Twitter, at Adam Weinerb. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? At Tommy's underscore takes. You can also find us and our bylines at yanksgoyard.com. Plenty of content there for you, as usual, even more so than the last four months because we missed an entire offseason. Now we have pitchers walking on the field, shortstops throwing balls to first base for fun, guys taking batting practice, someone whiffing, someone hitting a home run. It's all content, and it's all there for you to see. Talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account, at Yanks Go Yard FS. Um, we want to hear from you. More discourse, um, positive discourse. Let's keep it positive. Let's stop thinking the Minnesota Twins fleece the Yankees or outmaneuvered the Yankees. Uh, the Yankees are being somewhat underwhelmed, but they're also not getting fleeced. Both can be true, folks. Um, So let's talk about it and get on the same page, get closer to the same page. Um, But until then, on that note, think with a level head for the rest of the week. We'll see you on Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern, right here live on YouTube and Twitter. Good times. Good times. We'll be back. Hope you will be too. See you on Thursday. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. 
And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.